0: Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from his palatial two-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Pete Byrne. Yes! Pete, how are you? I'm great, Bill. How are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. I gotta say, this is even more palatial than your previous re- residence. Ah,
1: yes. I would agree with
0: you, but I don't know what palatial means. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a word I made up. Oh, okay. I, I don't believe you. I, I, I want to I sound smart. I'm not actually smart.
1: Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's definitely extrapolation.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit SecondWindCollective.com for details. Uh, so, uh, Pete? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I know we've been playing some uh, video games lately, mm-hmm. uh, even a couple of the same ones, it looks like. Well, at least one of the same ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we start there? Tap My Katamari? Yeah, tap My Katamari.
1: Yeah, man. Oh, man, I forgot. I meant to look up. Uh, I could go in my app history, I guess. But I had another game on my phone, like a couple of months ago, where it was. I guess tap games are a genre now. But it was just a game where you had to kill aliens, and just by tapping on the screen, you would lower the hell and then when you killed, like, ten aliens in a row, you went to a new planet, and you could just use your coins to buy better lasers and, and things that would slowly kill the aliens over time. So it's pretty much identical to what Tap My is, except instead of lowering the health of an alien, you're increasing the size of your Cotter.
0: Yeah, like, I remember a game called Cookie Clicker, and then there was, like, a Cow Clicker game, but I never touched those myself. Uh, there was another game, it was... Uh, oh, man. You would just get candy eventually over time and you could start making a farm and then you could grow weapons from the farm. What? Candy farm and weapons? Yeah, but it like didn't it said none of this at the start. It was just like, (laughs) it would just show you like a blank white screen and a text and it's like two candy. Three candy. Four candy. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But this is the first time I really got into one of these and but I don't. Why do Why do you come back
1: to it? Why do you open it and play it again? Nothing really happens every time you play.
0: So there are two reasons that I keep coming back. Uh, one is I really like some of the music in this particular uh, game. Yeah. I really loved all the soundtracks from like the other Katamari games. And then now that I've gotten to the point, uh, after a while of playing, you can kind of restart the game. But like yeah. you can uh, carry over some of your bonuses from the last game, basically a new game plus. Yeah, and then you just fly through the early levels.
1: That's fun. That reminds me of like Ratchet and Clank. You could beat it and start it over with all of
0: your weapons and just destroy everybody immediately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Although it's like in this case, it's so it's so transparent. It's weird. Yeah. Like it's just the same busy work you did before, but now it, you're doing it faster, and you feel like you accomplished something. It's just like a productivity game. <laughs> it's like, um,
1: I found the game I was thinking of. It's called Hyper Swiper. And, uh, oh, look, there's a little video that, you know, you don't... Oh, you don't need to listen to this. It. But, it's the same thing. So there's just these different creatures that you... Oh, you're supposed to, like, swipe your finger back, oh, back and forth. That's okay. the only difference. Instead of tapping, you swipe back and forth. But it's the same exact game. You kill these monsters rack up the crystals and unlock cousins
0: and things. But I'm liking this more, actually, because... This like, was more fun. Yeah. There's more going on here, like, with the swiping. It's like, uh, big coins are flying everywhere, the aliens are, like, bouncing around. It's yeah, like, there's boss monsters
1: and stuff, and, uh, like, because you swipe, it's kind of like uh, Fruit Ninja, where you can unlock different... Like, the different weapons have different little effects when you swipe back and forth. So, even though you're still... <laughs> Not really doing that much, there's a little more going on to it
0: It's definitely a totally i mean the the underpinnings for these games are almost like thinner and thinner, yeah, like you looked at arcade games and those were very basic, and then like as you move into the console generation, there you had more complexity and more padding and stuff, and now it's like shrinking again. These very, very small. But even like old arcade games, like Asteroids, you're doing more than you're doing in this Katamari game.
1: There's interesting graphics and you can, like. There's more menus to navigate through. But Asteroids, I would. is more fun. I I you're, guess. You're, there's gameplay. To me, in, in Tap by Katamari, there is no gameplay. It's just. it's like checking in on your Tamagotchi.
0: That's true. Okay, I I get get what you're saying. You know what
1: I mean? You're just kind of, like, babysitting your Katamari. You're not actually rolling and maneuvering. All you do is tap. (laughs) You tap the screen. It's... I mean, I keep playing it, obviously. I play it as much as you do, but it it almost doesn't even feel like a game to me.
0: I I, would you call a Tamagotchi a game? It's just a digital pet. I would, like... I think that at a certain point you're getting into like semantics of like what what is required for a game to be a game. Like yeah. you need to have like rules and like does it have to, almost does it have to be fun? <laughs> I, I mean, like there are plenty of games that aren't fun. Right? I mean, I'm like, like accusing
1: you, but I go back to it and play it, and I don't know why. I'm trying to figure out why I play it.
0: I mean, it's just tapping, I guess, into something very, very deep in the lizard brain that's like. <laughs> When you see a bar go up, you feel some very, very immediate sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Like it's giving you a little kick of the dopamine. I guess it's our addiction to instant gratification. Scary, but I think you're right. I think I think it's true. Uh, I think there's something to that. I just need something to tell me I'm doing a good job all day long. That'd be nice, yeah. If I, <laughs> if I could manage that, I feel like I'd be happier. Probably not, but it'd be like one of those monkey paw... Irony uh, things.
1: It'd be like a twisted metal wish.
0: Oh God! I, I saw a bunch of those recently. I, I was watching a, an episode of Unprofessional Fridays on the Giant Bomb website, and they just went through and showed like all the Callisto wishes for one of the games. Oh yeah! I uh, the
1: other day uh, <laughs> I was gonna watch. They had all of the like winning videos from Twisted Metal Black, which was like the most depressing and
0: disturbing Twisted Metal game. I'm gonna maybe I'll do that today <laughs> just to make myself upset. I, I didn't play it. I, I was at a friend's apartment watching someone play, and I was like, "They put on painted black and the ending credits." That's so awesome! Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. The opening titles had painted black. I feel like that's a game that you could see like on Kickstarter at some point. Like they're bringing back Twisted Metal, but they need but to, they like... have a couple times.
1: They they made a Twisted Metal game not too long ago. Did they? They've just been really really mediocre.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I think something about that game or kind of game hasn't. Translated super well to current generation games. I'm not sure why. It feels like they should work, but I mean, if even if you go back and play like *Twisted Metal 2*, it's really hard, and it takes a long time to beat each level. I I don't know if it's just like the level design needs to change, and
0: maybe it's just something inherent to being a car. Like a car is not really designed to like. Navigate an open arena with like it goes straight forward and backwards.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like doing, using, uh, sorry, playing a first person shooter with a character that can't move his neck.
0: Yeah. You know, it's just
1: like, I I see you, but I cannot attack you because I can't turn fast enough to get to you. It's kind of frustrating. I think burnout for me was like the next best thing from Twisted Metal, but, you know, that's a racer. I don't know. Something about the arena car combat seems to be fairly frustrating.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Um, I wish they'd figure it out. (laughs) Me too. Let's let's get on this. Fix Twisted Metal. Come on, bring it back. As far as other games, uh, sorry, maybe it's a new
1: Twisted Metal game. I don't think
0: so. Nah, I don't think so either. Uh, I played a couple other. Well, I tried them for like a few minutes and I uninstalled them. I played. uh, Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, I played Adventure Time, Card War, Kingdoms Two. Oh, I saw that. Was that bad? It's <laughs> in it okay. So I played the first like demo of it, and what's interesting to me about this is, unlike other card games where you get like a deck and stuff, it looked like the the monster you put in your deck influenced what cards you could draw. Okay. And I hadn't ever seen that mechanic before. Like. uh, I mean, in, in Magic, if you put, uh, like, a Goblin Chief in your deck, he's just Goblin Chief. Mm-hmm. But here, if you have Goblin Chief or the equivalent, like, Archer Dan in your deck, like, he has three unique Archer Dan cards that you can draw. And, I, like, I, yeah, just, I'd never seen that before. and it had, like, a super meter, which was kind of cool, where you get, like, if you play enough cards and do enough stuff in the game, your character in the game has a special power he activates. But I got scared away because, like, I saw energy bars and hearts... I'm like, you have to use a certain number of hearts to like play a match against the opponent. Uh, oh,
1: I, I see. see. I was like, oh, I don't want to. So it's g-. just another game where it's like, oh, you don't have enough to play another one. Give us eight dollars and you can play. Yeah.
0: yeah of course. It. Right. It's a free game, right? Yeah, it is. There you go. Played another one, a free a Steven Universe game. It was a rhythm game. And I was excited because I really like the music on that show. I think they do a really cool job with it. Yeah. But they didn't use any of the music from this show. Okay. They, like, there are six, there'll be, like, each world has six stages. And two of them are, like, weird remixes of the songs from the show. Like, all, like, clubbed up or trance-musiced up. Oh. And then four are just nothing.
1: That's dumb. That's it, the point.
0: Yeah, it, it felt really dumb. Like, they, they have this cool music, they have these cool tuny background music so you could use, but they didn't. So, Bye. <laughs>
1: Hey, you know, one other game I did play, but it's only good on an iPad. Renee has an iPad. Smash Foo. Oh, what's that? Have you played Smash Foo? No, no. Here. It's uh, it's similar to, like, uh, what is it, Fruit Ninja, where it basically there's four columns and bricks or whatever. You can unlock cookies or Legos or piñatas. They're just coming down, like, Tetris style, and you just have to use your finger to tap all of the... Uh, bricks as they fall down, and if you miss, you lose a point, or if you hit a bomb, you lose a point. But it gets super, super fast, so you just have to kind of like sit there and tap as fast as you can. It sounds super simple, but it was really fun. My fingers are too big for it to even be playable on an
0: iPhone. I need the iPad to do it. I'm measuring fingers. I mean, I, I mean that yours will be too big, oh, okay. not specifically my fingers, but it was definitely
1: more fun on the iPad. I played it on the iPad first.
0: I was I was wondering about that, too, like, when I upgraded to a 6S, like, could I play more games on here that I couldn't before, but it's like, no, I can't, I would need an iPad yeah. or stuff like that. You can try it. It's
1: It was still fun, but I was only able to beat it on iPad. Yeah. Okay. Smash who? You should get Mad Libs for your iPhone. I know that's not a game, but
0: it's pretty awesome to have Mad Libs on your phone. Yeah? I, I didn't even know there was, like, a Mad Libs app. Apparently, you, like, can't even buy Mad Libs anymore
1: in stores. I tried to find them before a road trip, and I was like, oh, I guess we're not going to have Mad Libs. Then I was like, I wonder if there's an app. That's all they do now, is you can buy, like, additional packs. Uh, There's just a billion different downloads of Mad Libs, which makes more
0: sense. It does. They're just books, and
1: now we're doing digital books and stuff,
0: So. Even though Mad Libs are, like, old as dirt, that feels very forward-thinking of that company. Yeah,
1: I was surprised that uh, they were on their game like that. And it was really, you get, like, badges and trophies and stuff yeah. for completing stuff. It's definitely kid-oriented. Wow, um, good for them. Yeah, wow. it was cool.
0: Semi-seriously good for them.
1: Yeah, we can do one. later. Nice. I'll redownload it now. All right, cool, cool. And you can save them. That's the other thing. Oh, you can save, oh. It's like you could do the same Mad Lib more than once. And
0: you, if you like your story, you could save the story. Smart, Bill. These are old book things. Man, no wonder the paper industry is dying. Yeah. I uh, should make a Where's Waldo where everything's moving around. An ARG Where's Waldo. Oh my god. Nailed it. Let's
1: hold on to that. Okay. Put a pin in that. Deleting
0: that from the episode. We later in the episode. You did not hear this. Now, uh, for other games, I did play a different card game. I played Magic Online. Okay. Uh, so specifically, right now they have a feature going on where there's this special set they do that's called the Cube. And this was originally, like, a creation of just players where it's like uh, you take all your favorite cards or all the best cards from the whole game's history and you put them into, like, one like 300-card box. And that it's, like, one set of cards. And then you give each player... A small sampling of those cards, and they have to build a small deck out of that. Okay. Uh, so I don't know how how many Magic cards can you name at all. Me? Yes. Zero. Zero. Okay. Uh, so like the most powerful cards ever. They like they they made them actually with the very first set, and then uh-huh. afterward they powered them down. So like there's Black Lotus, which is it's free to play, and then you can. Sacrifice it to get three mana, which is very—it's uh, a very valuable effect. It's okay. basically you're getting three turns worth of Dang. mana that way. All right, I can
1: understand that.
0: Or like there's uh ancestral recall, which is—it's—it's uh, it's only one mana, but it lets you draw three cards. Okay. And usually, like cards today would require you to pay four or five mana to do that. This is how they value that. So, okay, this is a
1: real card game. This is not an. On- Did you say this was Magic Online?
0: So here's the thing. Yes, it's an—it's an online game. And you're playing with digital cards,
1: but you can use the old, not powered down version of the card.
0: Right. Uh, so, like, unlike in the Hearthstone, where uh, they would revise the card, like if they have a card and they want to change it, they just change that card.
1: Oh, okay. That's why everyone was pissed. That's that. Okay, I
0: get it. So basically, here they just put every version of every card out there. So this card, Ancestor Recall, is out there. There's another card called Concentrate. That's 4-mana Draw 3 cards. That's out there. Uh, Brilliant Plan. 5-mana Draw 3 cards. That's in there, too. But uh, for the cube, they cut the 4 and the 5-mana one It's just the 1-mana one, one. And then, like, the, the the best monsters, the best spells, the best lands. And it just it lets you build decks that you otherwise wouldn't be able to play in a normal game. Decks with no creatures in them. That's very hard to do in a regular game of Magic, but you can do it here. Okay. You can build decks that kill the opponent on, like, turn three or four. Nice. You can build decks that, like, let you put, like, a 10-10, which has protection from everything. Uh, and it says on the card, protection from everything. That means your opponent can't use, like, destroy effects on it. They can't block it with their creatures. They, they can't uh, target it with cards. So it kills them in two turns. And you can play that on, like, turn three with some of the more powerful combinations. That's brutal. It it is brutal, and it, it's just it's a it's a very fun, unique way to play that isn't they they specifically hold it back for only a few weeks a year because people probably would get burned out on it over time, yeah. and also it would kind of overshadow the new sets of cards if it's like oh well these cards all kind of suck <laughs> compared to the old ones. Right. Uh, but I've been playing that a lot lately and just going crazy on that drafting a bunch. Uh, yeah, and if you play Magic or, or you have Magic online, I would recommend that. Renee, my girlfriend, has been
1: playing Uno on her iPad competitively. Oh, <laughs> she, yeah, what? She's playing uh, in like Uno tournaments on her iPad. I, I don't, I don't think she's winning like prizes or anything. She's doing really well. Yeah, at Uno. And today she's like, "All right, I'm going to do a tournament. Wish me luck." And I was like, "Isn't that all you need to win?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "No, there's some skill involved." She was thrilled you said
0: that. Yeah, She sure. <laughs> wanted wanted me to say something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, I'm wondering, like what the the currency is there. Like what makes like if you win, you get like a special, you have like an avatar, and you like win a special hat or
1: something. I don't know. I gotta ask her. What? She's been playing it a lot, so there's gotta be something worthwhile
0: to it. I think you get rewards for it. Like maybe just ranking or something. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'll ask her. She's a good Uno player, I guess. <laughs> oh, maybe you get golden cards. Oh man, that'd be awesome. Because I know in Hearthstone you get golden cards for doing well. So in Uno, if you had a golden deck, or just like your draw fours were golden. That... I feel
1: like it's going to be hard to play Uno if your card is gold, because know what color it is it? Oh, oh, okay, alright,
0: alright. I understand all what you're right. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a, just like gold metallic. Mortar, metallic? Foiled?
1: Uh, what were the cards from Pokemon? Uh, holographic. Holographic, cards? yeah. A holographic draw four card.
0: Or it's got like an animation attached with it. Like Right, this is an app. Anything is possible. Right, yeah. We saw what Madlibs can do. Uno, you can set the bar even higher. Let's see. I'll, I'll check in and get back. to uh, you. Please do. Please do. Uh, besides uh, Tammai Kanamari and those mobile games, playing anything else? Uh, honestly, not really. We've been moving, so I've
1: not been keeping up on my electronic gaming. I downloaded Drive Club for PS4 because it was $7 on PlayStation and uh, I mean, I think there's probably a reason it was $7. (laughs) It's fine. There's not much to it. It's just kind of your run-of-the-mill racer. It reminds me of Grid. I don't know if you ever played Grid. There was Dirt. No. I
0: I played Dirt.
1: Dirt, and then Grid is basically Dirt, but not on Dirt. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Grid was really, really, really good. This just kind of feels like a simplified Grid. Mm. It's like Slightly more fun, Grand tourism with far less options.
0: Huh? That's not that. It's good. just kind of stale. Yeah, know?
1: there's nothing that uh, exciting about it. But it was seven bucks, and I didn't have any racing games for PS4 yet, so I downloaded okay. it. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I got nothing good or bad to say about it.
0: That's well.
1: If you need a seven-dollar f- car game, go on and get what's it called, Drive Drive Club. Yeah.
0: So, so that's how remarkable it is. Yeah, it's really great. All right. I, I just have been calling it the car game. <laughs> I think there is actually a game on PC, like the car game. Something like probably that. that's a great title. Mm-hmm. I would buy the car game. I, I guess then in that case that uh, that's the games we've been playing lately. Yes. Uh, so before we go on, just uh, uh, for this, so you, uh, you you can talk about the Sonic stuff too. Just uh, I can hold back. Bill told me not to
1: talk about Sonic Mania, because he already talked to somebody else about Sonic Mania, even though he knows. So, I'm drinking out of a Sonic cup right now, Bill. I, But I guess I won't mention anything about it.
0: Well, I... Okay, I... The other person, our other uh, guest host, Brandon Shockney... Yes. He's... I didn't take it for a Sonic guy. Like, I, I see his game's got a PS4, he plays a bunch of... Uh, Adventure games, visual novels, and stuff like that. Yeah, played a bunch of DS games. I was like, I didn't peg him for a Sonic guy, and I was wrong. And if I'd known that, I would have been like, Wait, Brandon, hold on. I'm sure that our other guy, Pete Byrne, he's a Sonic specialist. He would have been on there for <laughs> what, that.
1: What does he think? Does he think it's going to be good or bad? He he thinks it's going to be good. He's excited. Okay. Are you excited? I am, but okay. So here's here's what I know about it. Christian Whitehead the programmer that did ports for uh, a couple Sonic games to iPhone got hired by Sega because they were impressed with his port. So did you know that he's collaborating with them on this?
0: Uh, no. Is he the guy who did the Sonic CD port? You know? Uh, yeah, I think
1: so. There's a Sonic 2 port, there's a Sonic CD port, and he made all of them. Okay. And so they tapped him to help make this new retro Sonic. So, I think it's going to feel right. I think the controls and everything are going to feel right. I kind of wish it was all new levels. Because I know it's like there's going to be rehashes of old levels, which is fine. But they've sort of been uh, advertising it, you know, in the two days it's been advertised as uh, almost like a sequel to Sonic and Knuckles. But if there's a bunch of redos of old levels, then it doesn't really feel like it's a sequel. I don't know if they just mean like uh, what's the term they sometimes use sister. Oh god, I can't think of the word. It's like a sequel, like but a not reimagining. Real. Yeah, it's sort of like that.
0: Um, like it sounds a little bit like the Ratchet and Clank game that just came out. Yeah, but there's def- there's like a couple new levels, but I don't know how many.
1: So I just don't. I don't know if they're gonna try and. I mean, it's a pretty weak storyline in the of Genesis games, but if it's uh, maybe
0: virtually non existent. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I I don't think it's gonna be bad in any way, but I don't understand if it's a sequel or if it's you know, it feels like Sonic Generations where uh, it was sort of a new story, but they went back to Green Hill Zone and Chemical Plant Zone and blah blah blah. So I'm just not sure. I'm gonna buy it and play the crap out of it. And then okay. there's also the new like new new sonic
0: 2. which i understood was kind of like a sonic generations 2
1: that's what it it's i think like. so because it shows new body sonic <laughs> and old body sonic
0: P- pudgy sonic
1: and like gawky sonic yeah i guess like h&m sonic and old navy Sonic. <laughs> i don't know but yeah i thought it was i watched the trailer for untitled Sonic 2017 project, <laughs> and, it, and it was like, from the team that brought you Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations, like, oh, the only good Sonic games that have come out in the past. Good. Smart <laughs> smart way to advertise yeah. it. If it's Sonic Generations 2, and uh, it's like a couple of redos of old levels and a bunch of new ones, I'm cool with that. It was great. 3D levels and the 2D levels were really good in
0: Sonic Generations. Like, with Sonic Generations, I was excited that they brought back the old levels, and then When they got into, like, the Dreamcast era stuff and, like, the later stuff, like, you really need to rehash some of this stuff. Like right. Like, they had a level from Sonic the Hedgehog 06, which is considered this trash heap. Yeah. Is that necessary to revisit that? Well, it's funny, because that's not, like, (laughs) those
1: levels, it wasn't, like, a graphic remake. It was like, oh, this was terrible. Let's take this level and make it so the camera functions and you (laughs) don't die immediately. It's like, eh, it's
0: fine, I guess. But I know what you mean. And then also coming out of uh, Comic Con, we got a uh, Batman episode, yeah. one of the Telltale Batman coming out August second. That intrigues me the most. I've only played the demo
1: of both, uh, like a, a Walking Dead episode from them, and also the Game of Thrones game. And they were both cool, but I just didn't fork out the cash for the full thing. But Batman looks super cool because it's really heavy on. The Bruce Wayne stuff. Mm. So I might have to. If there's a demo, that'll be
0: great, and I might actually download the whole thing. I've played the first two, uh, yeah, the first two Walking Dead Telltale games. I played some of Tales from the Borderlands. Still, may need to get back to that, like a year after the fact. Uh, and they do a really good job with like the dialogue with the characters and like making. I mean, it is uh, like a, a walking simulator or a. a like a visual novel, you're watching yeah, a story true. unfold. You're not really interacting too much, and, and if you if you know what to look for, you can kind of see where it's pulling the strings and like point, pushing you towards one outcome. Yeah, I mean, but, it's just it's a choose your own adventure book.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. At least you're doing more than tapping the screen. That's true. That, that
0: there's something to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I like. I'm looking forward to that too. I haven't picked up any of the other Telltale games, but yeah, look, Game of Thrones looks interesting.
1: I like to the Game of Thrones one because you are uh, a, a person from a family that doesn't exist in the show. They like basically add another family, and you interact with the ones that do exist
0: on the show. It's cool. Cool. I'm, I'm very looking forward to they're going to do season basically season three of The Walking Dead, and. They have their own storyline that they're following, totally divorced from the T V series. Oh, cool. It basically it centers around uh, this girl Clementine and like in season one you meet her and she's like eight. You don't control her directly, she's just a good character in the story, and then you control her in season two, she's twelve at that point. Uh, spoiler, she survives season one. And then
1: season one of the telltale
0: yes. storyline. Okay, yeah. cool. And then in season three, she looks like she uh, there's like a teaser video out there. It's like she looks like she's 15 or 16 now. Cool. And they're saying like her timeline intersects with the TV timeline pretty soon. Whoa. So, yeah, you could see How something. How much are these? If you're like, looking at the right time, they're like less than 10 bucks on Steam.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Or on PS4? Right. Are yeah. They
1: normally like 15
0: bucks or 20? Like 20? I think it's basically like five dollars an episode, and there are five episodes per each season of these games. I see. Uh, but yeah, usually they're on sale various times a year. Yeah, I have to check it out. I really want to play one. That that's a good uh, like couch co op game too because you're you're both people are just watching along and you can like make decisions like there are branching off points, in the conversations and stuff that you can fit, decide together and stuff like yeah.
1: that. I have to download
0: that. There's like a severe lack of multi like couch
1: multiplayer games mm-hmm. for PS4. And me and Renee are always looking for games. That Play together that aren't peggle or like a digital Scrabble, <laughs> so we we'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah, it's it's all moved online. a big thing. People, yeah, uh, like that'll be that's one of those generational gaps. It's like you played Halo split screen, you played Mario Kart split screen. I don't even, Well, you could you could still play Mario Kart split yeah. screen, but uh, most games not. I really. want split screen games, man. They just don't exist. Yeah. Uh, uh so that's going on. Other. Uh, I guess another thing I'd like to cover, more, more game-wise, but also kind of news-wise, is, of course, Pokemon Go. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How can we not talk about this? We could. We could just skip it. But if I say that we talk about Pokemon Go, I'm almost sure we'll get more downloads. That's true. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> well,
1: what I was talking to you about before is, the last time we did an episode together, we were kind of like... Mm poo-pooing VR, not poo-pooing, but just being like, yeah, all this VR stuff is coming out, but it's just like taking existing games and slapping it into VR version. And none of that really intrigues me. And I was just kind of waiting for VR to do something new or interesting or that felt like it needed to be VR. And I think Pokemon Go is a good first step in that direction. It's not. Hey, we had this game. Let's make it VR. The whole point was to play Pokemon in the real world and use your camera. I think it clearly succeeded.
0: Yeah, uh, like they're doing something. There have been some attempts at this before. There was this game called like Invisimals for the PSP. Yeah, and it did a similar thing where it, like would project things from a through a camera uh, onto your screen, like that appeared in the real world. But this is a much, much broader application of that. Integrating with, like, Google Maps. Yeah. Uh, you know, sticking the the monsters in, like, real-world settings where you can go, like, almost anywhere and find stuff. Find the Pokestops and the and stuff like that. I think it's been successful because... I remember... I think I remember the game you're talking about. Because there have
1: been games where they use the camera to put things in the real world. But I think this succeeded so much because that's what you're doing what Pokemon is doing in in the world. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it's like, Pokemon has always been... People already know what Pokemon is and what to expect. You go out... The characters go out into the world and catch Pokemon. And this game is letting you go out into the world and catch Pokemon. So it's not, like... It's not a gimmick. It's just getting closer to what the real thing is.
0: Yeah, it's not as though Pokemon Go is ripping off the camera idea from Invisibles. Right. It's more like Invisibles is ripping off the idea... 18... Or whatever years ago from Pokemon that they couldn't do at the time and now Pokemon is just doing the thing they wanted to do the whole time. Exactly. But it's funny because I don't think you know that's not what Pokemon wanted
1: to do the whole time. They're just like it's the first company where I think it's like VR, huh? Hey, we could pretty much make a real world version of the game we've been making for twenty years. Let's do that, you know?
0: And, and, like, this company, Niantic, that made this game, they yeah. actually made a, a similar game before called Ingress. And that was where you would go around on GPS and geocaching, and you'd find terminals in the world. And you would hack the terminals for one of your two teams. They only had two as opposed to, like, the yeah. three teams here. Uh, and that was, a, you know, a much less popular. Not, not a world-defining phenomenon like... Uh, Pokemon it, Go right. is, but that in a, like for its community, it was pretty hardcore. Like you would see stuff on a much smaller scale, where like people would put fences around terminals to like make it so you couldn't get to them. Whoa, to them. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're seeing this now with like people like gym battles, team battles, being on like Team Valor, Instinct, or Mystic. Yeah, and I, like a, that. This is the thing that's. So incredible to me is like the social aspect of the game. When there's like so little game there, if you want to talk about not being a game, right? Well, for sure. I mean,
1: again, like you said before, we're not. I don't want to try and define what a game is, but there's very little gameplay in it. It's it's an it's a social app that has. It feels like one of those Facebook games where you just all, mostly what you do is give them extra money and then invite other people to play it. But it's it's the whole thing. It's it's crazy, man. It, um, when it first came out, everybody, everybody, people I didn't know were talking about it and asking about it. It just
0: blew up immediately, even though there's very little game to it. Right, like my mom asked me about it. Yeah, he, she doesn't. She barely uses her iPhone as it is. Uh, you know, people in our office, I mean, me you yeah. and I work in the same office. We see yeah. people all day like looking down at their phones, you can do that, see them do that characteristic swipe up. Right. <laughs> all the time. Catching Pokemon in the uh, office. And, and like there are like a uh, lures getting put down pretty near to us. People are just catching from their desk. but
1: uh, we uh, I told
0: you this story that the first day I
1: downloaded it. I went to go to rehearsal at the theater I perform at, and I caught a Pokemon in the, like, event space of the theater. And then I went out <laughs> and got just a Coke at the bar. And I was like, I kind of want to tell somebody I did that. And uh, I said to the bartender, like, hey, man, I uh, caught a Pokemon in the event space. <laughs> and it just felt like I was in a video game. He just kind of turned around polishing a glass and he went, Ah, I see you utilize my lure module. (laughs) I was like, what? He goes, yeah, did you notice the flower petals around the building? That's because I purchased something to
0: attract more Pokemon. And I was just like, what's happening? I don't even know this guy. Like, I can practically visualize that coming out of a text box. Exactly. Yeah. It, It
1: really, like, the bartender saying that to me, I was just like, I'm in a game and this text is appearing somewhere. Somebody's controlling me.
0: (laughs) And it's just, I guess, it's not even the point. The the game itself is barely even the point. It's just, yeah, this social connection that we've had for, like, 20 years where that was kind of laying dormant. And now we've come to a point where the technology is advanced and the nostalgia, the timing was just right for people to connect globally. and It's like people our age who are, like, late 20s, early 30s, and then they're showing it to their kids who are playing, or teenagers who heard about it from their older brothers and sisters and stuff.
1: Yeah. I think they really found a way to tap into our generation's desperate obsession with nostalgia.
0: Which kind of frustrates me, because I was like, no more nostalgia. I don't need any more remakes, and then here's another thing that's like going to spur on another thousand remakes and reimaginings. But yeah. uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know. I I feel like uh, that's happening because there's just
1: this unbelievable amount of instantly accessible content right now that there is nothing new that everybody's watching or everybody's doing or everybody's seeing. So it's easy for our generation to latch on to something uh, from our childhood because that was still a time where there was, sort of a finite amount of content to digest. Because it's like, we all want, we're all like, oh, let's see original stuff, let's see new stuff. But there's so much of it out there that you don't have anybody to talk to about. You know what I mean? It's just I like, do. That's the reason we're fixated on this old stuff like Sonic and Pokemon. Because we all we all did it. And now games come out and it's like, hey, have you played this? Like, no, I have Nope. People don't have the same shit anymore. Is, you don't even have to watch things at the same time. You don't even come into work and say, talk about last night's episode of a
0: thing. You watch it on Hulu when you've time. It's just not that community of content. anymore. I mean, that probably, as an exception, it makes the, the times where it does happen so powerful. Like with Game of Thrones, where yeah. people were watching it. Live and then talking about it right afterward on Twitter or the next day or For like sure. Walking Dead, but even that, like their audience is, man, I, I'm pulling a number out of the air here. Like maybe twenty million people are watching it live, yeah, and that's still nothing. Nothing. There's like three hundred million people in America yeah. alone. I mean, it, it does
1: still happen, but I think it's a lot harder to break through that barrier. Right. to Get this mass following where they actually consume it when it's released. Or or something like that. So I think that's why it's easy for consumers and creators to fall back on old content where it was easier to get that mass follow.
0: Like if we were just to talk about Netflix original broadcasting. Yeah. Like we could come up with like eight different shows and have no connection between them. Like we one of us watched four, the other watched four. Yeah. And they're all good. Yeah. Like there might be I mean, you know not blank now, The Master of None. I mean, I've been watching Stranger Things. Stranger Things. just came out. Kimmy Schmidt. Like, I watched the Voltron remake. But, yeah, like, it'd be so easy to, like, just be ships passing in the night culturally, media-wise. And Pokemon is, yeah, it's touchstone. And it doesn't even matter so much what the game actually is. It's just the the opportunity to talk and, like, say, hey, did you see my pincer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just giving people something common to talk about. It's just, there's so much out
0: there that it's hard to have. A group of people all know what you're talking about. I think that actually ties in a little bit with the other big retro announcement recently, the NES Mini. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I one thing I kind of don't like is that whenever they're doing retro revivals, it's always the NES. Yeah. And it's always like the NES Mini or like on virtual console, the NES stuff always gets vomited out there. Like when Animal Crossing put old games in there, it was all NES games. Yeah. Because the, the NES was the dominant platform of that era. Like, if you go five years in advance, and it's like a Super Nintendo emulator or mini SNES, that wasn't nationwide. There were plenty of people who played Sega who have yeah. no memory of the SNES. Right. Like me. Yeah. I mean, I, I have some memories of it afterward, but not in the moment. Like, I never owned a Super Nintendo at the time. Yeah. I guess technically, I never have owned a Super Nintendo, just uh, a PC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's something that's also more of like a social thing too, because if for us we could get those Nintendo games other ways, yeah, 3ds, Wii U, or just eBay and Nintendo. But for the people who just want to recapture this moment from their childhood or play Mario Brothers two only a very self-contained package, very easy to set up. It's got HDMI ports. Yeah. So it's just there. It Just buy it, plug it in, and place. And actually, that's probably why I'll buy one, too, is the HDMI stuff, because... Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, I have an old... This will never happen, but <laughs> at home, I have an old Sega Master System, and I just don't have a way to get up to our big HDTV. I mean maybe there's a way i could figure it out get some adapters and stuff like if they made a tiny little second master system with 30 games on it that i could hook up to my tv i would probably get that cuz i don't want to like deal with all the wires and stuff from the old thing
0: yeah i mean at this point i was i looked into it a little bit like you need to like buy a crt tv yeah. like, uh, a big tube tv or you need some thing like a Framemeister which like helps i don't even know what it does but basically it lets you play Old games on HDMI TVs, and that's like three hundred bucks. Yeah, don't you don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but that's coming out in November. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge Christmas item. I'm gonna, oh, definitely. I, I'm hoping to pre-order one as soon as possible because I could. I Got could. <laughs> so I could Got see it. that. Uh, being one of those things where a bunch of people buy it, it sells out, and then it's like 90 bucks on eBay or some dumb stuff like that. Yeah, they're going to make a bank on that for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And Pokemon Go is, of course, free everywhere on iOS and Android. And even right now, if you are listening to this and out and about, you are probably watching someone playing Pokemon Go. Regardless of when this episode goes up, it'll go up Monday August 1st. But I'm sure it'll still be a popular game at that point. Yeah,
1: Especially if they update it, man. If they keep adding stuff to Pokemon Go, it's going to be popular for a long
0: time. Oh, man, if they, they've they got to get trading in there. Trading, I will... think
1: they are. I think there was at least a tweet or a rumor that they're planning on adding that.
0: Okay, good, good. That seems like such a slam dunk of a feature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, in that case, that brings another episode of So Many Bits to a close. Pete, uh, before we wrap up here, anything you want to plug? Um, you can come see my
1: Herald team at IO Chicago, our name is Secret Handshake, and our schedule is ever fluctuating, so <laughs> just log on, Google IO Chicago, and you'll figure it out. Secret Handshake, IO Chicago, you'll find a page, you know, you're smart.
0: I I have faith in them as well.
1: Yeah, our picture is a handshake with the devil. Nice. Okay? Ominous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's comedy. Ah. And as for us, uh, we can be reached by email at so podcast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. We're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Collective for other quality podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you.